Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Helena Hart, and welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I interview top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Mark Rosenfeld. He's Australia's number one dating and relationship coach for women. He's also the author of Make Him Yours, Beating the Odds of Modern Dating. So welcome, Mark. Thank you for being here with me. Hey, thank you for having me. The most magnetic person I know, Helena Hart. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Mark, he's a very good friend of mine. We've worked together for a few years now. He also has an amazing channel over on YouTube. And today we're going to be talking about how to be a priority to a man, not an option. I just love everything Mark has to say on this topic. So let's dive in, Mark. What's the first thing you have to say on how a woman can do this? So being a priority, a lot of my clients come to me. I still do a lot of one-on-one work, one -on -one work these days with clients and a big complaint, many, many women across the globe, probably you, if you're listening, you've experienced this, you're not feeling prioritized. You're going, hey, I'm not important enough right now. There's not enough time being made for me. And of course, this can occur across a gamut of situations. This can be everything from a, a first date or a second date where he's not texting right through to you're married and you're not feeling like a priority and the relationship's not feeling like a priority. So we're going to speak to a few of those different contexts today. Um, I guess before we dive too deep into the hows, I always ask clients to check in and say, especially if this is early on, this is for you ladies who are sort of in maybe a casual or very early dating situation, maybe there's an on and off situation going on, I really encourage you to check in before you ask this question of how can I be his priority, ask yourself the question of, is this the man whose priority I really want to be? Mm, love that. So important. Yeah, because, I, I mean, so often we, we get into these relationships, and I've done this myself, you know, or early relationships where we get obsessed with someone, where they kind of, they maybe just give us that huge burst of chemistry. Or, you know, maybe if we go really deep, and sometimes this is a learning with clients, is it's that person kind of comes into their life uh, for example, I had one client recently and she's so obsessed with this guy. And when we really dove in deeply, it turned out it was the first real male figure in her life that made her feel understood, that made her feel seen. Uh, and as it happened, that was a childhood wound that honestly she'd had for quite a long time. So this guy who, who wasn't actually putting in a lot of effort and wasn't a particularly great relationship prospect, which she knew he fired off all this chemistry for her because he sort of, he ticked almost almost like he scratched that, that long-term itch that she'd had to really feel that way and it brought it out in a really deep way. So I always encourage clients and I encourage you listening to really check in. You say, hey, I want to be a priority to this person. Be really honest with yourself and ask yourself, hey, is this the type of man that my best self not my sort of, oh, starry-eyed, I just got all the feels now. I'm talking my best 
self when I'm centered and intuitive, is this the type of man that I'd actually want to be a priority for? Great partner potential, all of that stuff. That's so important. I mean, I hear from women all the time who have gotten attached to a man, often prematurely, like you mentioned, and they, he, they're not feeling prioritized or valued or cherished in this situation. And then they say, how do I get him to commit to me? You know, they're trying to glue themselves to a situation where they don't actually like what's going on right now. So I love what you said. That's so important. Right. When we look at it, it's like when we actually break down the guy, it's like, well, hang on a minute. We're, we're, we're trying to get blood out of a stone here. Exactly. And for those women, you know, it's very tempting for us as coaches to sort of say, oh, yeah, we'll sell you on how to get that guy. Um, but the majority of the time, it's actually better to sit with the discomfort of not moving towards that guy because he hasn't actually showed any prospective potential of being the man that can match her relationship vision. So true. So you're saying judge the actual relationship dynamics at first, not the specific man, not his qualities. Like, well, he's so gorgeous and funny and successful. And when we do that, I always say when you take your focus off of yourself and what you're truly feeling in this situation and you just put all your focus on the man and what's he thinking and what can I do to make him step up and commit? You've lost the whole thing right there, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, I have a saying, don't let marriage get in the way of the relationship. Mm. Uh, and I only say that to clients who are really, really obsessed with getting married rather than looking at the relationship qualities. So we can, we can take a similar piece here and sort of say, don't let chemistry get in the way of the relationship, which is especially if you've done the work to know the type of relationship that you want. For example, how boundaries function, how feelings are expressed, how wants and needs are expressed, the general level of anxiety or calm in the relationship. You know, get a really clear nervous system picture, experience, visualization, put, put a silhouette in there. You know, don't have a specific guy in there. Don't try to plug sort of the square peg into the round hole. Mm -hmm. Have this relationship vision, put a silhouette of a man in there. And then when you're in front of a guy now, you can be really honest with yourself and say, hey, is this the type of guy that I think maybe with a little bit of training, but I think could essentially become that vision or match that vision? Or am I really trying to turn this player guy or this guy that just ticks my childhood wounds into that silhouette when if I'm being really honest, he's not going to be that. Yeah, so true. I mean, often with these men, it's just we get activated, right? I mean, we've all been there. I'm sure this happens for both men and women. They activate some kind of childhood wound or what love felt like to us earlier in life. And then we put labels on it like, oh, we have this, you know, deep spiritual connection or he's my twin flame or something like that. When right. really his actions are not those of a man who is serious about you and motivated to get into a relationship with you, right? Right, right. So ladies, putting those guys aside and being honest with yourself. Next thing you want to do in being a priority is you want to really make sure that you actually get clarity on what being a priority means for you. Um, men are like dogs. Honestly, people are like dogs. We, we've got to train each other. And one thing I have to address a lot with clients is they, they can ask for things, but they're so vague Men don't understand what they mean. Hey, I want to be more, more of a priority or even I want us to spend more time together. That, that stuff is vague and it's how a lot of women talk and us men don't really get it. We need you to be quite specific with your wants and your needs. And so what I recommend clients do for this is to grab a piece of paper, put a line down the middle 
And obviously, depending on context, if you're married or just dating, you're going to put different things. But in the left column, put at the top once and start to write down some of the things you want that would make you a priority and, and be specific as, as in like a, like a six-year-old could understand what exactly what that means and what to do if they read it. So you might start to think of things like I want a set number of texts or calls. You might start to think of things like I want an X number of connection time per week. And, and it sounds super specific, but we're, we're, it's, it's good to start with clarity so you've got a baseline. So maybe you want him to not date other women if it's a casual situation. Uh, maybe it's more of an established situation Then you want him to, uh, I want to have more present time and X amount of present nights per week or, or quality time. Uh, maybe you want to want to rebalance the housework. So you say, oh, I want um, him to sweep the house once a week. Whatever it is, just hit up that left column with all your wants. And I'd even advise you to pause the podcast. I know Helena's voice is just amazing to listen to. Uh, <laughs> but I'd even advise you to pause the podcast and just take a moment, put a line down the middle and write down all the wants that being a priority to this guy would actually look like. I think that's so great. Yeah, again, it's taking your focus off of this guy and putting it on yourself. That's feminine energy, right? Getting in touch with your own desires. That's very powerful. Really important to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then from there, once you've done that, ladies, in the right column, I want you to write needs at the top. And it's very important. A lot of women come to me, maybe you as well. We're so scared of being needy that you don't want to acknowledge your needs. So it's really important to kind of look deeper at some of those wants you've had and acknowledge the needs that they meet. So if you say, for example, I want him to text me X times a week or for us to have calls, that meets a need for what? How does it make you feel? Probably meets your need for connection, probably meets your need for acknowledgement, maybe meets your need for attention, uh, maybe security. Put those fundamental needs in the right column. You want him to help more with the housework. Okay, what need does that make, meet? As in, how does that make you feel? Maybe that meets your need for importance or maybe maybe that meets your need for uh, even even relaxation or safety even, that he's going to take some of that responsibility. Whatever the need is, you want to write that in the right column. And Helena, the reason this is really important is because, as I say, I find you probably find this as well. A lot of clients don't want to kind of acknowledge that they have needs or that those needs matter. Right. What you can do with this later on is you can potentially be negotiable on the left column. So me, for example, a woman comes to me, she says, Mark, I want a good morning text because, or if you'd be open to it, would you be open to sending me a good morning text as it helps me meet my need for connection? Honestly, me, I'm probably not going to do that. I've never been a morning texter for whatever reason. It's just pissed me off. I've, I've never been one to do that. So I'm probably going to say no to that, but... Me personally, I'm going to find a different way to meet your need for connection. I'd much rather call you every second day, for example, or leave your voice messages. Or maybe instead of having to text you every morning, I text you when I'm thinking about you. So the wants in the left column can potentially become negotiables as long as the needs in the right column are met. And so before you, I guess, confront the guy, before you have the conversation, it's important to get clear on what are the non-negotiables. Hey, I have a need for connection, a need for security, a need for importance. 
And then perhaps the left column can be negotiable because if, if he's like me, you know, he's not a morning texter, he can, you guys can negotiate, he can meet that need some other way. I think that's great. I love that. It Again, it's taking your focus off of one specific man. I mean, I hear from women all the time, they get attached to one specific man early on and they're like, how do I get him to meet all my needs? And he didn't sign up to meet every single need of yours. That's what dating's for, to figure out, are we a good fit? Is this someone that could be a good partner to me and vice versa, right? So that was great. I love that exercise. So put that all down, put that all down and then you've got some clarity. And, and as Helena says, you, you have, in fact, I was literally talking to a client yesterday and she says, okay, I went on, sorry, my sort of guy that I've been seeing, I think exclusively, uh, is going on walks with this other woman. It's a long-term friend of his. And she said, look, I'm finding it a bit threatening. And so I said, okay, intuition or insecurity, what do you think? And she said, actually, it's a bit of both. I think it's a little bit of insecurity coming through, but also a bit of intuition because I know that he has avoided telling her about me. So I said, great. Now we can confront this. What would the want and need be? She said, uh, I think the want would be he tells her about me, that he's seeing me, and I guess it would meet the need for safety and security. So I was like, great. Now, she then had a typical question, which was, hey, Mark, well, hang on, does that make me needy? Can I ask for this at this stage? And I said to her, have you guys had the exclusive conversation? You know, have you had that commitment? And she said, oh, you know, we've kind of at the start, we said we weren't seeing other people, but that was like six weeks ago. So, I mean, I think so. And, and so that's important. And what Helena said before is the, the less commitment there is, the less responsibility he has to you, mm. right? Obviously, in a casual situation, you're both sleeping with other people. If you say, hey, it would mean a lot to me um, if you called me three nights a week, he's going to be like, yeah, no, I don't really want to do that. That's like we're casual. That's 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 a no. Um, but once someone has committed to more and more of a relationship with you, they have more of a responsibility to you. So that was an example where I had to say this to this client, look, clarify the exclusiveness first because if he wants to commit to exclusivity with you, then you have a lot more leeway to ask for that need that that he mentions he's with you to this other woman. If he doesn't want to be exclusive with you, he doesn't really have that responsibility to you. So there's probably no point speaking up on that. That's so true. I always say, you know, if a man has asked you to be exclusive or agree, you've agreed to exclusivity, you have a little more leverage because in a sense, he's kind of told you that he's the person that wants to meet your needs. So I yes. love that you clarified that. Exactly. He's kind of signed up for that. Right. So what were we saying? So, yeah, you you get real clarity on on those two. Uh, and then basically, once you're ready, and this depends on where things are at at the time, um, but once you're ready, you can speak up to him about this. Now, I will give a little bit of a caveat here. There are certain situations where, for example, a marriage where you've been chronically deprioritized, de or if you're dating a guy and you really think he has potential, but you've overgived or overfunctioned to the point where he's not really moving towards you at all. Um, think about it this way. When someone wants to come over to your house, if they are walking towards your house, you can ask them to take off their shoes. But if someone is walking away from your house out towards the street, it's very weird and inappropriate to ask them to take off their shoes. Hmm. So you want to set standards when the person is moving towards you, 
right? It's almost like it's almost like you're the prize. And if they're wanting to come into your house, it's very easy to ask them to do something. But if they're walking out to the street, they don't care. They're not even moving towards you. Why would they take off their shoes? That's such a great analogy. I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're setting a standard with someone, it's a lot easier if they want if they want to come in the house. Right. So if you're in a situation where the guy has not been moving towards the house or he's walking out towards the street, uh, I recommend you do something before you speak up on your list. Uh, and that's something is really prioritizing yourself. If a guy is not prioritizing you right now, that usually means that for some period of time, could be weeks, could be years, um, the seesaw has tipped a little bit in terms of you prioritizing him a little more than he's prioritizing you. And human beings, especially when that happens over time, that, that seesaw happens, we start to lose respect, unfortunately, for the person who's over-prioritizing. And the person who's under-prioritizing starts to take the person who's over-prioritizing for granted. So you need to um, rebalance the force, so to speak, bring the force back into balance if we're Jedis here. And you rebalance that force if you want a man to be moving towards your house again, and if you want him walking towards you, then you need to genuinely and specifically prioritize you a lot higher than you have been. Would you agree with that, Helena? Absolutely. Yes, I could not agree more. <laughs> yeah. So this could mean seeing your friends. Um, this could mean if you're casual or, or casually dating, it could mean going out dating some other guys. This could mean doubling down on work. Um, this could mean really putting some time into that hobby that you have kind of neglected. Um, you know, I, I remember I had one client and she was saying, oh, I just sit there and all my time with my boyfriend is now sitting next to him when he plays video games. I said, oh, how long has this been going on? She's like, it's been going on for like six to nine months now. It's just, it sucks. How do I get him to prioritize me more? I keep talking to him about it and nothing changes. I said, well, the reason nothing changes is because he's not walking towards the house right now. And he's not walking towards the house because you keep walking kind of towards his house, chasing him out towards the street. So we got her following her own craft hobbies. We got her going out with her friends. He could wonder where she was. We, we had to really tip that seesaw back to her prioritizing herself before he started moving towards that house again. And when you bring that back into balance in your situation, that's when you've got the guy walking towards the house again and you have a lot more leeway and a lot more leverage to ask him to take his shoes off, so to speak. Am I making sense here, Elena? Absolutely. I keep wanting to jump in and say, <laughs> yes, that is so true. I mean, I can't tell you how many women I hear from who are trying to get a guy to do something that clearly to me or anyone looking objectively at the situation, he, he just doesn't want to. Something I say all the time is men are pretty simple. They do what they want to do, right? <laughs> pretty much all the time. If he's not calling and texting and making you a priority, it, often it's just because he's he just doesn't want to do that, right? And so it's, it's your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So it's our responsibility as women to do what you said at the beginning of this interview, take a look objectively at the situation and see, is this something that I want to commit myself to? Right. Exactly right. And the more that he has not committed himself, the kind of the sort of more turned off you want to be. Right. And in a dating yeah. situation, this probably means genuinely being like, all right, well, I guess I'll see him in two weeks. I'm going to find someone else who's better in the meantime, but really meaning it. Mm -hmm. versus, you know, in a marriage situation, there's going to be a little more leeway, but it still means going, okay, I really do need to put myself first. I'm going to go to bridge. I'm going to get my sewing on. I'm going to head out with my friends two nights a week. I'm going to go to yoga. 
it really means self-prioritization. You've got to bring that back into balance. Otherwise, just like the video game girl example I just shared, you know, you can talk, 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 but if the guy doesn't have the motivation, if he's not walking towards the house, um, it, it's going to fall on deaf ears because there's no, the, the situation's unbalanced. He's not walking towards the house, so he's not going to listen to the hoops you want him to jump through. It's so true. Yeah. Another thing I've found personally myself and in all the women that I've worked with is that once you truly make yourself a priority and value yourself, this could look like ramping up your self-love and what you truly deserve in a relationship. You truly authentically start feeling bored and losing interest in any man who's not up to par, right? Exactly. Exactly right. It's, it's being genuinely turned off by lack of effort. Yes. Yes. And we men can feel that. We can feel when you're sort of still interested and still hoping and, and we can be, we can sort of be lazy basically and fall to a minimum standard where, oh, we can put in like effort once a week and she's still so into me, like this is so easy versus you really do genuinely lose interest as we stop investing. Women who lose interest as we stop investing genuinely become the ones we respect because, well, we learned that basically we, we can't, we, we have to keep investing to keep her interest. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a minimum standard there that is quite high for us to meet. And that, that challenges us and grows us as men. It, it gives us a respect for you and it challenges us and grows us because we want to, you know, we appreciate what we work for. All the things of human history, we, we want to work for something, we value something we work for. And one of the best ways you can show that value is by having those standards where if we really do stop investing, you really do, genuinely start prioritizing yourself and start losing interest in us. Absolutely. Yeah. And men can feel the difference, right? If you're faking disinterest or applying some kind of tactic to try to make him feel like he's losing you versus genuinely authentically getting bored and losing interest in any man who's not making you a priority. I mean, men can feel the difference, right? Exactly. We definitely can. We can sense it. We can sense when it's out of balance versus we can sense when we're really losing you. And when we're really genuinely losing you properly, that's when we start to lean back in. And that's the best time to speak about some of the stuff that's on your piece of paper. Oh, yes. When his energy is coming back towards you, that's the time to have the conversation, right? Right. Exactly. Now he's moving towards you. Now he is invested. He's interested. Now you have an opportunity. He sees your value. That's when you can ask for something on your list to be met, whatever it is that you need. Um, Now, obviously, this conversation is going to look quite different depending if it's a casual date versus your husband. Um, I'll give us sort of a few guidelines here. When you're speaking up to the guy, number one, ladies, soft words, ruthless actions. Yes, I love that. That's one of my favorite things I've ever heard you say. (laughs) Soft (laughs) words, ruthless actions. I think a lot of women do the opposite. They have really harsh words because deep down they don't trust themselves to follow up those boundaries with their own action, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. And those strong arming words become almost like an arm wrestle. Like I'm going to strong arm the words and force the situation. And it's like the mafia boss, right? I've I've never had the pleasure of meeting a mafia boss, but I've seen him in plenty of movies. And we all know mafia boss is just like quiet. You know, he's chill and he just kills you if he wants to. (laughs) You have a certain respect for that. He doesn't need to speak up. He's just like, okay, you want to do that? Just get you killed. Right. That's that's the vibe we're going for. Right. You want to be soft with your words. You, You you just just impactful. Just 
share the basic message and you can be more relaxed with your words when you are really confident that your actions will follow through. You don't need to mm. shout, you don't need to prove, you don't need to force the words. Um, and you can actually be quite relaxed and let him choose his outcome because you know you've got the safety net of your own boundaries. That's amazing. I talk a lot about being strong and secure on the inside, which is what allows you to be soft and open and receptive and feminine on the outside. I think that's what we're talking about yes. here, right? Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. So soft words, ruthless action. When you're speaking up, you really want to honor his freedom. Um, even if you do this correctly, some guys who will still have wounds around their freedom being restricted may not respond well. But for most guys, if you word it well, you'll be able to respect and honor his freedom. And this is something Helena talks about a lot. You always want to frame these things as invitations rather than obligations. So important. Yeah. Do you have an example? I mean, there's hundreds of different situations here. Do you have an example of, of the soft words aspect of it and then how to follow it up with the action? Yeah. So maybe we take a casual situation. Um, oh, by the way, other point, never, ever do this over text. Mm. Okay. Always in yes. person, maybe in weird situations, you might have to use the phone, but, but just for context, never do this in text. Um, so always, you usually ask permission with a guy first. Let's take maybe a casual dating situation. So you ask permission. Um, look, can I be honest with you or can I share something with you? Get his permission just to frame up the conversation. You might say something like, look, I like you. And, you know, I want you to do whatever you want to do. Uh, I also just want to let you know that, you know, from my end, when you, for example, say you're going to call um, and then don't or and then cancel on short notice, um, if I'm being really honest, it doesn't fill me with confidence that, you know, I can trust you as someone I can move forward with dating. And then maybe the guy says, oh, okay, so what do you want me to do? Um, well, I mean, if it was something you're open to, would you be open to making sure you're consistent with, hey, when you say you're going to call, you're going to call, or if you can't call, just being really honest about that if we can't meet up? Would that be something you're open to? Yes, no, ask permission there. You can throw in a need. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to be honest. This is an important need for me. I want to be able to feel I can trust you, especially if we're going to be moving forward. And again, if, I, if I'm being really honest, um, a couple of times now when you say you're going to call and then don't, uh, yeah, I guess it makes me feel a little a little hurt and honestly perceive that you might not be the type that, that I can move forward with. So is that something that we can find a solution to together? I mean, it's always going to be up to you, but yeah, this is something I felt was important for me to speak up on. So I'm being that pretty, is, pretty gentle. Yeah, I was going to say that is brilliant. I love everything you said. You're being gentle with it, but I felt a strength too that the person delivering this script would actually be willing to walk away if the two of them decide they're not on the same page. Yeah, let's take maybe a more. Some of you are thinking, okay, that's a casual sort of situation. How do I do it uh, with with someone whom I'm a bit more serious with? Mm -hmm. So again, ask permission. Um, let's say, let's take the video game example. So ask permission. Hey, babe, is there something I've been wanting to speak about? Is this a good time? Maybe he says, sure, keeps playing video games. Um, you really want to check in here. Are you sure this is a good time? I don't want to chat if you, you know, if you're not available right now. You know, really make sure he's present with it. And you say, okay, can I be really honest with you? Another good preload just to say, okay, this is a conversation where a little bit of brace yourself. You need to listen here. So you might say, okay, well, 
first of all, I know this wasn't your intent, um, but I did want to let you know that I guess from my perspective, uh, if I'm being really honest, you know, when you play video games every night, I actually feel sad and pretty disconnected from you. So we're using feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would mean a lot to me if we could set aside some time to be present, even if just talk at least one night per week. Would that be something you're open to? And now let's say the guy responds with, uh, do we have to maybe, maybe do, do I really have to, baby? You respond with, actually, well, no. We don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. I wouldn't want you to do anything that you don't choose to do. Um, that's actually why I wanted to hear your thoughts. You know, at the same time, obviously, what you do is 100% your choice. At the same time, I did want to let you know that, you know, connection is a need of mine. Um, and I do get some of that through quality time. And that is important to me. And I honestly, I know it's something I deserve. So I guess, I mean, if that's not something you're open to working towards with me, you know, then, babe, you, you kind of need to let me know. And you see oh, at the end there, I wasn't forceful. Right. But the guy knows that, that that hammer is coming down like, yeah, babe, if, you know, connection is a need for mine and, and I'm just going to be honest. Like if that's not something you want to work with me on at all, that's totally okay. I'll never force you to do anything. It's always your choice. Um, but if that's not something that's important to you, yeah, you've got to let me know. I think that's great. Something I've been saying for years is the last thing you want to do is just tolerate something that doesn't feel good to you because you're afraid you might lose the man if you don't. So I think that's great. I'm glad you gave that example to someone in a more serious relationship. Yeah, so that, that's pretty much the speaking up process, ladies. And from there, it's really about actioning on it. So the more further along you are with a guy, for example, in a, a marriage type situation, obviously, hopefully, that guy has built up credit with you over time. For example, let's say he's been a good husband for two years and then the last three to six months, there's there's been some stuff that he's not prioritizing you. Obviously, you're going to spend more time talking with that guy in terms of you're going to put a little more effort and investment. Maybe you guys even go to couple counseling together and you speak over some of the stuff in couples counseling. You can use a little more words when a guy has built up more credit versus early on, you want to rely a little more on actions to do the talking. Mm. Uh, An example would be, you know, you just meet someone online and they haven't uh, texted you back after the third exchange, for example, you're probably not going to give that guy a spiel, even on voice message. You're just going to be like, okay, I'm going to let my actions do the talking here and he will move back towards me if he wants to or not. That's either is fine. Mm Mm-hmm. So you want to bring those actions down after that. Um, If you're having those conversations continuously and it's the same conversation, it's unproductive, then it generally says to me that you're not following through on your actions and you're starting to train the guy that you'll talk a lot, but you you won't follow through. So it's important that the guy gets the choice and you always respect his freedom. And it's also important that your needs are heard and that you're able to put in whatever consequences you decide if those aren't met. Now, there's always going to be some problems in a relationship. Ultimately, you've got to decide the problems that you're okay to live with long-term and the ones that are not. Obviously, we're talking primarily today about problems you're not 
happy to live with long term. Resentment building problems, problems that you know, you know, it's not like he, I don't know, burps in the evening and you're like, that's annoying, but you know what, I'll live with it. <laughs> these are these are actual problems that you're probably not very happy and or resentful eventually to live with long term. So important. I think that's phenomenal. Would you mind recapping these points really quick or anything else you'd like to say on this topic? Everything you shared was just pure gold. I loved it. I think it's so important. I think every woman in the world (laughs) needs to hear this information, (laughs) in my opinion. So biggest things, check in with your standards. Is this a guy that my best self, taking the BS off, my best self would actually say fits my ideal relationship vision? That's number one. Number two, write it down, column down the middle, wants on the left, needs on the right. Number three, you may need to demonstrate you value yourself and prioritize yourself. This could be anything from like a week to a couple of months, depending on the context of the relationship, but really prioritizing yourself to bring the prioritization seesaw back into balance. That way he's moving towards the house, metaphorically speaking, so that you can ask him to take his shoes off. That's when we bring in step four, which is speaking up. So you want to be really soft with your words, but ruthless with your actions. And the guy should feel that. Always respect and honor his freedom. So saying things like, look, it's totally up to you. I'll never force you to do anything. 100% your choice. Um, A lot of language like that. Make sure that you don't trigger his I'm being controlled wounds. Uh, And obviously don't do it with text. So make sure you do all this in person. And then once you've had those conversations, the the hammer comes down at a varying period of time. And the hammer is obviously the actions. So if it's casual, you know, the hammer might come down quite quickly. In that example I gave where you say, hey, it would mean a lot to me if, you know, when you call, when you say you're going to call, you call. And um, if you can't, you just be open about that. If he does that like one or two more times, you're probably just going to stop talking to him at that point and your Mm -hmm. actions will lead. Whereas if you're in a marriage, you, you're going to give it a little bit longer to really flesh out what are the negotiables here, what are the non-negotiables for both of us, because that relationship has built up credit. So you're obviously going to you're going to hold the actions off a little bit longer to make sure that you really can't find a negotiable space that you're both happy with. But those are those are basically the five steps. So is that a, is that an okay summary? Amazing. Yeah. So important. And how can women get a hold of you? I would love to include links to your book, which is on Audible now too, right? Uh, yeah, you, you can get my book on Audible. Uh, okay. You can also hit my website if you want to work with me one-on-one. You can fill out the work with Mark form to apply. Spaces are very limited, but um, I think I can accept one or two new clients at the moment. And what was the other piece? Oh, there's, there's some free guides. Um, I will send Helena, I'll send you the link for my free texting guide, which is really, really good because let's face it, none of us want to spend time online, but there is a lot of opportunities to meet people online. So ideally we want to get into online and get out with some dates. So texting is the path to doing that. Profiles a little bit as well, but it's really the texting that gets you the dates and the phone calls. So texting is really important. So there's a free texting guide that you can download that I'll give Helena the link to. That sounds great. I think this is probably my favorite interview I've ever done with you over the years. This was amazing. So anytime you'd like to come back on, I would love to have you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Mark. That sounds brilliant, Helena. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to do our seminar together.
<laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> it's in the works. Like he's put some pressure on Elena. Help. Yeah. Help if you'd like to. <laughs> if you guys would like to see a live in-person seminar or event with Mark and I, get in touch with us and let us know. And make sure to hit the follow button on my podcast homepage so you don't miss any of my podcast episodes. I have some great new ones coming out this week, so you definitely won't want to miss those. Mark, thank you so much again. This was amazing. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Helena. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.